Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, it's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Penn State, 9 for 9 today with 12 bonus points and a huge lead after round one. At 21 points in round one, Ohio State is second at 15 and a half. Uh, they got 12 bonus points because Lee won by fall, Kassar won by fall, Nickel won by fall, uh, Nolf won by fall, Joseph won by fall. Plus they had two other majors and then others were decisions. A dozen bonus points in round one. In fact, very cool. Let me just look at this very quickly here. Let's just do it on bonus points here for a second. Just on bonus points. I want to get to where is the team scores. Okay. If you just take Penn State's bonus points, team scores. There we go. Penn State just on bonus points would be in sixth place. If they just did bonus points, Penn State would be in sixth place, tied with Missouri. Huge. All right, we'll get to the NCAA basketball tournament in a moment. Our play-by-play call of the day, a moment of history for Ichiro. Dave Fleming with the call as Ichiro ends his career in Japan. There is a sizable Far East population that lives in the Pacific Northwest. When Ichiro went to the Mariners, he gave them a completely different profile for fans in the Pacific Northwest. His performance, brilliant. He was a great hitter. Absolutely great hitter, as we all know. That that goes without saying. He could hit with power when he wanted to. Great hitter. But what really isn't talked about enough is what a great fielder he was. Big-time arm, big-time ability to track the ball, Break, get a break, anticipate. He was a great defensive player. Ichiro. All right. Let's get everybody up to date now. NCAA basketball tournament game. A lot of people have been watching. It's been Belmont and uh, Maryland. Belmont just hit a three. Now they lead 40 to 32 with two minutes to play in the half. So Maryland had cut it to five, but then Belmont hit a three and they just turned it over. So, Maryland's got the ball down eight with about two minutes to go in the opening half in Jacksonville. 
Other games at the break. Bradley leads Michigan State 35-34. Minnesota earlier beat Louisville 86-76. Auburn literally hung on. Beat New Mexico State 78-77. I mean, Auburn had a two-point lead and fouled a three-point shooter. And he only made one at three. But then Auburn knocked the rebound out of bounds on the third shot. And New Mexico State had a three to win it and airballed it. Auburn won 78-77. LSU jumped out to a 9-0 lead. And for LSU, that was big because that was the working margin they had most of the afternoon. They beat Yale 79-74. Florida State is finally pulling away from Vermont with 90 seconds to go. Florida State leads at 67-58. And now uh, with a minute 24 to go in the half, it is Belmont leading Maryland 40-34, to but Maryland does have the ball. So Maryland has closed the gap in that game. Let's see. Uh, let's go to money now. We love money. In fact, Matt Catrillo during the break was telling me how much he makes, and it's like, holy mackerel, I can't believe it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, will have, you will have no problem, by the way, uh, getting your kids into college. Um Let's see. But uh, Blake Snell won the Cy Young Award with Tampa Bay. Got a five-year, $50 million contract extension. In other words, that is the uh, anti-arbitration deal. We're not going to go to arbitration and go through the pain of that. We're going to give you five years, $50 million, and go from there. Snell was great last year. 21-5, 1.89 ERA. He was something else. Terrific. And not only that, but the Rays let him start instead of using an opener. All right. (laughs) The next part, we got the money part done. Now let's get to something else, and we'll update you on the basketball as we go here. Congressman Mark Walker of North Carolina has now formally introduced a bill and this is, i got to get a note to Sean on this. I wonder, I wonder if it's going to be possible for us to get the congressman on the show. Um, about, and this is where Congress is getting involved, to open the door for student-athletes to um, be able to get trust funds. So in other words, Matt Catrillo, great athlete, uh, a, let's just say, a restaurant, wants to promote Matt Catrillo going there, and they're going to pay him a fee, let's just pick a fee, $500, to sign autographs there that night. That would be allowed to take that money and bank it. In other words, not bank it, but put it into a trust fund. And then when he was done with his collegiate experience, he'd be able to get to it. So Walker introduced a bill called the Student-Athlete Equity Act, a bill that aims to hit the NCAA in the tax code. Currently, the compensations college athletes in this country receive for their labor comes in the form of scholarships and, of course, stipends. If a student athlete sells an autograph, promotes a lacrosse stick brand on their Instagram, or accepts a free tattoo from a fan, it counts as an NCAA violation. 
Walker's bill would amend the definition of a qualified amateur sports organization in the tax code, and it will remove the restriction on student-athletes using or being compensated for the use of their name, image, and likeness. Walker said, quote, We're not asking the NCAA or the schools to spend a dime on these athletes. We are asking them to have the same rights to the free market as you and I have. Uh, Final uh, shot of the first half coming up. Maryland's down four with the ball. Sort of. Of course, Maryland lost it out of bounds. It is no coincidence that Walker is introducing the bill during March Madness. The television network sponsors, NCAA universities, coaches, trainers, all taken. The trainers taking millions? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, the NCAA makes a ton of money off of this. The universities certainly make money off it. But the but again, for example, all the universities get a cut out of March Madness in one form or another. It depends on what's called units. And but where's the money go? Well, the money goes, believe it or not, to not just the basketball programs. It goes to helping all the other programs you have, too. So, I mean, this is a little more complicated than people realize. And I've pointed this out a million times. So this is not a road we're going down that's unfamiliar to anybody who listens to this audience. Gary Goloshevsky's driving back and forth all the time. He can recite what I'm going to say. Okay? The arrangement uh, has... Okay, so again, television networks, they certainly make money, and they pay out money. Sponsors... Certainly being a part of it, they pay a lot of money to be in it with the idea they're going to get more back. The NCAA, this is their biggest money maker. That's why you don't put North Carolina on probation. <clears throat> Universities, obviously the coaches, you know, all these coaches in this tournament, I'm sure have NCAA tournament bonuses anyway. The players get no share of the haul. Well... Yes and no. I mean, when you're looking at the total value of everything they get over four years, it's usually between uh, two hundred fifty and three hundred thousand dollars between scholarships, training, gear, tickets, food, books, housing. It's, it all adds up. Uh, free access to an athletic trainer, free access to a strength trainer, free access to a position coach. This is the I mean, again. These are all things that they get. Again, you've got to outline what they get along the way. So let's not pretend that there is there's a zero sum game going on here. The arrangement, though, has bothered Walker for decades. He first became aware of the inequities in the system back in the early '90s, when Maryland's Fab Five uh, changed the face of college basketball. Three of the Fab Five, Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, Juwan Howard, went on to NBA careers. Jimmy King spent a couple of years in the league. Ray Jackson never made it to the NBA. Uh, Everyone made a mint from them. Everyone had their hands in the cookie jar, but two guys never made any money off of this. Got me thinking about the whole system, watching how it operates. Jay Allred, an advocate for college athlete protection in North Carolina, said that Walker's bill would be a step forward. Only 2% of these kids are going pro, according to the NCAA. But you know, there's lots of kids that have great earning potential while they're in college. They should be allowed to make that money. 
And it's not just football and basketball. Look, let's be honest about it. Every school has its own specialty niche sport. So, Katie Ledecky, when she was swimming at Stanford, could take advantage of this. Now, she doesn't anymore. She's gone pro. But Katie Ledecky was swimming at Stanford. She could have certainly capitalized on her likeness. How many Penn State wrestlers could cap- capitalize on her like likeness? Three? Four? Okay. Maybe a, maybe a hockey player. Definitely one basketball player. And I don't know. Let's just say five to ten football players. Now, that's out of 800 student-athletes. Maybe you get a volleyball player. You know, something. Allward warns that Walker is likely to face fierce resistance from the NCAA along with the most powerful college athletic departments in the country. He used the case of Zion Williamson, the freshman basketball phenom at Duke, who's projected to be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft this summer to prove his point. If Walker's bill became law, then at the age of 16, Nike could have said, Zion, we want you to sign a multi-million dollar contract right now. But if Nike's able to sign into a multi-million dollar contract right now, there's going to be less incentive for Nike to go out there and sponsor all these universities to the level that they sponsor them. I think it's going to be a big issue for them. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Locking into one athlete... All right, which I would not be surprised they would do, but they would still sponsor as many schools as possible because they need you to see when you're watching that game that swoosh across the jersey, free throw, free throw line. You're at the free throw line. Boom! There's the swoosh. You're watching a Penn State football game close up on the quarterback, whomever it may be. There's the swoosh. All right, shoes they wear. You see the swoosh. Hey, let's look at the pylon cam. Hmm, looks like a swoosh to me. That that part would still continue. So I don't think he's right about that. The exact details of Duke's current contract with Nike, which runs through 2027, are not public. However, Nike has deals to the tune of $250 million with other prominent athletic departments. Walker might not have to look outside of Congress for roadblocks. He's already receiving pushback from his fellow Republicans in the House who would rather Walker focus on his efforts on other matters, such as the daily duel with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, plus fighting for the rights of student-athletes, especially the young black men who make up the bulk of athletes in higher-profile college sports such as men's basketball, football. Well, like that that's a commentary by Think Progress. That's stupid. Uh, I'm not going to get into that because that's ignorant. I can't stand ignorant commentary. Can't can't stand it. You know, talk about constituencies. He, you know, if he wants to fight for whatever, he can fight for Zion Williamson. I, I hate ignorance. God, I do. It's just, it just, it's just this doesn't fit with it. What? Oh, can't stand that. Whomever wrote this has a lot of has a lot of things in terms of the factual part along the way. Then they delve into that, and you sit back and say, you know what? You're not just an idiot. You might be a complete idiot. 
Uh, Walker's undeterred. He logged many hours meeting with the NCAA, which he has. He had meeting. In fact, uh, let's see, uh, the attorney, the lead, oh, Don Remy, the lead attorney for the NCAA, met with Walker 10 days ago. He's been listening to them. He feels their empty promises. He sees no, no motivation in the NCAA's part to resolve this. He recognizes that the way the current amateur model, amateurism model is exploiting minorities and low-income families. He's concerned about that. He said a lot of these student-athletes come from impoverished communities. There's a lot of money to be made on the backs of these young men and women. Uh, and these student-athletes can fight in a war, but they can't access their image or their likeness. The bill has bipartisan support. Cedric Richmond, a Democrat from Louisiana, is a lead co-sponsor. Interesting. Now, it should be pointed out that when you look at, and this is not a big number. I'm not going to give you a big number here. But it, you know, when you talk about, quote, impoverished backgrounds, the part that is never discussed, and I mean never discussed, is that you get your scholarship, okay? So let's just let's just use can we let's just use easy numbers, Matt. Say that scholarship is worth your in state fifteen thousand dollars a year, seventy five hundred dollars a semester. Okay. All right. Um you have the chance to get um, $5,000 in a stipend, $2,500 each semester. Okay? What's left out of this always is the Pell Grant part. If you, if you or your family are below a line, you can apply for a Pell Grant, and that's going to be another potentially... Four to eight thousand dollars in an academic year. So between the five thousand you're getting in the stipend, you could be getting another potentially. Let's just say maybe another nine thousand in Pell Grant money. Maybe now you're at fourteen thousand dollars. You don't have any expenses if you don't want them because your books are paid for your tuition's paid for your food is paid for so now that does become essentially your walking around money about a third Matt somewhere between a third and a half it's not certainly it's not a half but somewhere between 33% and 50% some number in there it's about the number of student athletes that qualify for Pell Grants Interesting. That's never talked about. Now, is that a boatload of money? No. That is not a boatload of money. I would take that, though. Right. I'm saying, though, while not being a boatload of money, it's not. It's also not exactly chump change either. Take a break. Back with more in a moment. On News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 
Great to have you with the final half hour coming up on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Q, it's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Ward. Penn State Wrestling, 9 for 9 today with 12 bonus points. Evening session coming up. And Penn State already with a big lead. They have 21 points after the opening session with the 12 bonus points to 15 and a half for Ohio State, which is in second. Let's update the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Tomorrow, by the way, it'll be Bucknell against Florida State at four in the women's basketball tournament. Final half hour coming up on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, key routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Let's see, so Charles Barkley put together his uh, bracket. And is fine. he ended up with Michigan State, Virginia, North Carolina, Florida State, Virginia against Michigan State, Virginia winning him. Twitter goes insane over this. And, of course, it becomes a story. Oh, Twitter goes insane. Uh, many on Twitter are calling it the kiss of death. You know my opinion. Who cares? <laughs> I don't care. And it's not like that's a terrible bracket. That's a pretty good bracket, actually. It doesn't matter. It's just somebody just saying what they think. Who cares? He's picking me. My goodness. <laughs> he picked Virginia to be Michigan State. Well, guess what? He might be completely wrong, and he might be right. It doesn't matter. I can't believe he did this. Like people like take the take stuff so seriously. All right, NCAA wrestling championships. We pointed out Penn State a dozen bonus points round one. Have a big lead over Ohio State, twenty one points to Ohio State's fifteen and a half. Missouri, by the way, is sixth with twelve total points. That equals the number of bonus points Penn State had. Lee won by fall. Kassar won by fall. Nickel won by fall. Nolf won by fall. Vincenzo Joseph won by fall. Then they had two majors, and they had two decisions. Roman Bravo Young had one of the decisions, and I think Brady Berge had the other one. And the others were majors. So now they're going to round two. Nine for nine. Bucknell, by the way, unfortunately went over to its wrestleback time. NCAA basketball tournament. Let's get you up to date on the board. Uh, Michigan State, good start to the second half, trailing by one at the break. They now lead uh, Bradley 44-39, 15 minutes to go in the game. Kansas leads Northeastern 13-9, 13.50 to go opening half. Florida State beat Vermont 76-69. The Belmont lead is now four over Maryland, 40 to 36 with uh, 1948 to go. 
Auburn literally held on. Beat New Mexico State 78-77. That was wild. New Mexico State kept turning them over, turning them over, turning them over, turning them over at the end of the game. And then New Mexico State had a three to win it, and he got fouled, and they only got one of the three free throws. But the last miss went out of bounds off Auburn. Then New Mexico State took another three to win it, and they airballed it. 78-77, Auburn advances. Murray State plays Marquette. That game is at 455 on TBS. Michigan State's on CBS. Kansas is on TNT. Maryland's on True TV. That game's now tied at 40. And the Murray State Marquette game will be on TBS. So there you go. I am a big believer in Murray State in this game. Well, John Morant is going to, in all likelihood, be the third overall pick in the NBA draft. If you watch him, and I've actually watched him now. I deliberately watched a couple of Murray State games in February and then in their tournament. I watched a regular season game, and I watched him a couple times in his tournament with Murray State because I wanted to see. Everybody says he was this high pick. I said, well, I want to see why. You can see why. He passes the ball beautifully. Uh, And he has length so he can rebound. And he's a very good shooter. He has a really, really nice all-around game. Maryland, by the way, now leads 44-40 to 40 over Belmont. It's, and he has a – you can see why he has a really nice game. This is, to Matt, to be honest with you, this is not a spectacular draft. What is going to make it a spectacular draft is going to be Zion Williamson. There'll be so much talk about him because Zion Williamson appears to have the ability to potentially be a generational player. He still doesn't shoot the ball well enough outside yet, but neither did LeBron James when he came into the league. I'm not comparing you to LeBron James, but I'm I'm just telling you that a man of that size can develop a good outside shot. LeBron did. LeBron can guard one through five. LeBron has become an outstanding outside shooter. LeBron's a great passer. Okay. Williamson has, though, really good court sense. You watch Williamson play defense. He knows where he's supposed to go, why he's supposed to be there, and he anticipates well. He's a very good defender. He is an excellent rebounder. He is a great offensive rebounder. He is a, he's the best finisher in college basketball by a wide margin. And he's got an awesome personality. He is going to he's going to have so many advertising opportunities just based on personality and that smile to go with the incredible ability he has. Uh, but after that, Cam Reddish, Barrett, both obviously at Duke. And John Morant, you feel like after those four guys are gone, I don't know where else you go if you're drafting. This is not really one of those like jaw-dropping, deep NBA drafts. It's going to be interesting to see who wants to come out early and why. And how deep, uh, and one something I don't know, and I would not know unless I talked to Fran Fraschilla. Last year I had a great feel on the NBA draft on the form part of it because Fran did the uh, NIT 
And so I had, I mean, when I say I had a chance to talk to Fran Fraschilla, the shoot around's an hour and 15 minutes. Dick Girardi and I talked to Fran for an hour and 15 minutes. Okay? At that point, you're covering everything. And we covered a lot on foreign players last year. Fran gave us gave me some really gave Dick and me, but of course for the, the value of this show, Fran gave me a really really good in depth perspective on the uh, European players in particular that were going into the NBA draft because that really has always been an area of specialty for him on the NBA draft. He's outstanding at it. So we don't know what the foreign contingent's going to be in this this draft. So Williams Williamson will make this, wow, that's the wow of this draft. And it's a wow that brings with it a spectacular wow. And Barrett's really good. Reddish is really good. And you mentioned John Morant. Morant's really good. The question is, after that, where do you go with this? And that's what I think is interesting. Where do you go with it after that? Where do you go with it starting at pick five? And, and of course, Morant, it'll give the NBA lottery a huge, huge lot of hype for, for that time of the year, yeah, too. Yeah, because, because, of, because of him. Exactly. Because right. of, because of one him. guy. Yeah, because of one guy. Last year, there was a, there was a lot of players. You know, w- w- you know, what are you going to do with the kid from Oklahoma, the guard, who is obviously a, a, a great talent? And he's turned out he's played very well for the Hawks this year. He's played very well. The problem is in the NBA. You're not playing for the Lakers, the Warriors, the Celtics, the Sixers, Oklahoma City, Houston. You are buried and lost in this league. I think people forget you're in the league. That's it's interesting. The the NBA has become more of a national league than Major League Baseball in some ways. Because of all the nationally televised games. I mean, every time you turn, I mean, last night's Sixers Celtics game, I watched some of that last night. It's a nationally televised game. Now, Oklahoma City played, I want to say Toronto in the second game. I didn't watch that. Major League Baseball has a contract with ESPN, with the air Sunday Night Baseball. Monday night, Wednesday? That's not right. I think so. Then Fox does some on Saturday. But. That is, uh, but you it, it, this league. If you're not playing for a top team in the NBA, you are lost. I mean, does anybody out there just show a hands? Know what Carl Anthony Towns is doing with the Timberwolves? Show a hands, anybody? Any member of the Carl Anthony Towns family out there? You might not even be sure. I like to call the NBA a popularity contest because that's really all it is. Because all, all they, all most NBA fans and the national media, especially ESPN, care about are the big market teams and if you're doing well and if you have stars. And I don't think that's necessarily good for the league because you have these good players like well, you, like you just mentioned that are on teams like the Hawks and the Magic teams that nobody cares about. You mentioned. Cat for the for the uh, Timberwolves who have fallen off the map because they don't have anybody anymore since Jimmy Butler's with the Sixers now, and so you know you don't you don't see them. There there's not there's never any attention to the teams that stink. And I get they stink for a reason, but and there's a long list of them that are not very good in that league. Exactly. So when you look at the other leagues like like the NFL, for example, 
even if you stink, you're still talked about pretty often, and you're still in the spotlight pretty often. Well, see, that's that's the biggest. Uh, I have maintained the entire time about the NBA is this. I will know that they have absolutely made it as a league. If Atlanta plays Utah in the final, and it gets a great rating, now I'll say, you know what? Because you know, Carolina can play Denver, like they did in Super Bowl Fifty, and the ratings off the chart. You've got Charlotte against Denver. It's not the Dallas Cowboys playing the New England Patriots. Amazing. The NBA doesn't have that. And to be honest with you, Major League Baseball's lost some of that. Kansas City Royals play the Mets in the world, or the Royals play the what? The Giants. Royals play the Giants in the World Series. Yeah, the ratings are, yeah. and those are back to back too. Yeah, that I mean, was 2014, like, yeah. 2015. So now the Dodgers play the Red Sox. You could not have handpicked if you were the if Major League Baseball a better matchup. Marquee LA Dodgers, marquee Red Sox, and the ratings were only good. They weren't great. They were good. I think the worst thing that maybe could have happened for baseball is Mike Trout now fully going to be at most of his career out in LA, where not a whole lot of people can watch him unless the the Angels get better and they get on back on national TV. Yeah, it's one thing about today as compared to, let's go back 30 years ago, Matt. At least today, his games are on TV, but they're on so late. I mean, we can still watch him here. But 30 years ago, there's no way in the planet would be able to watch him, except in the All-Star game and maybe one Saturday game of the week. At least now we can see him far more often. It's our choice to make him. With MLB Network, I mean, when the Red Sox played the Dodgers last year, I saw the Dodgers so many times last year on MLB Network. Man, I knew as much about them as I did about my team. Uh, Michigan State now leads Bradley 52-51, nine and a half to play. Kansas leads Northeastern 20-16, eight and a half to play first half. Florida State beat Vermont 76-69. Auburn hung on, beat New Mexico State 78-77. Maryland leads Belmont 50-46 with 15-42 to play there at the under-16 timeout. Minnesota won earlier today by 10 over Louisville. LSU beat Yale 79-74 to win that one. see if I'm missing anybody. Nope, that's it. We'll take a break. We'll wrap it up in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Well, Michigan State and Bradley. Right now, that's the game of the afternoon. Though Belmont, uh, uh, Belmont and Maryland are very close. Maryland's up 50-46 to 46 with 14-40 to play. But with 7-16 to play, Michigan State leads Bradley 54-53. And uh, Penn State lost to Bradley by three in Cancun. Miles Dredd took a three. I mean, he was wide open too, Matt. Top of the key three. It would have sent it to overtime. In overtime, I think Penn State would have won. I also think Penn State would have won a Mike Watkins had played. He, he did not play in that game. Um, but, yeah. Right. He was still working his way back from injury, right? Uh, he was held out. Okay. Must be thinking of somebody else then. Uh, he had been hurt, but he was able. He would. He was capable of playing. He was held out. Uh 
he came back. The next game back was uh, Virginia Tech, and Mike played in the game against Virginia Tech. Uh, so he was held out the first five games of the year. So Michigan State's leading by one. Maryland's leading by two. <laughs> it's another fun afternoon. New Mexico State, a 30-game winner, lost by one to Auburn. And again, I, I go back to, you know, why do the, oh, you know, it's it's the madness, the whole deal. Look, these Power 5 teams are all really, really good. The one thing that, that with most of the Power 5 teams, and Michigan State does not fall into this category, but, you know, what do all at-large teams, Matt, have in common? Okay, What do all the at-large teams have in common? They all lost their last game before the tournament. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Right? That's why you're an at-large team. You're not the conference champion. You're not the conference tournament champion. Only the conference tournament champion wins the last game. So all the automatic bids have won their last game. So Vermont is in there, and they fight tooth and nail, and they beat Florida State, right? Well, Vermont's been winning, 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 and winning. That's what they've been doing. They've been winning over and over again. Bradley, how did Bradley get to this game with Michigan State? Now, Michigan State won its tournament, all right? But how did Bradley get in? Uh, uh, they kept winning. All right? New Mexico State's a 30-game winner. They won the whack. I mean, New Mexico State hadn't lost a game in two months. So do you really think New Mexico State's in the game looking over there at Auburn going, oh, it's Auburn, what chance will we have? They've done nothing but win since the 1st of January. It's <laughs> just like looking around going, hey, you know what? They're not thinking they're going to lose. They think they're going to win. Now the at-large team, now this is where Belmont has has advantage. Belmont and Arizona State are the two at-large teams that enter this round with wins. That's why the teams that have come out of Dayton, at least one of them has picked up a win in the next round every year since they've gone to the first four because as an at-large team, they picked up a win. Now they're back to winning again. But all these at-large teams that are that are playing, right? Guess what they did the last game out? They lost. <laughs> That's one thing I think people forget. Every at-large team has one thing in common. They all lost their last game. And we were talking about Maryland before. Well, Maryland you know, that's why many felt they were vulnerable in this game. They lead 56-51 now with 12 minutes to go. But because Maryland not only lost, but, I mean, sitting there courtside watching them play Nebraska, they got run out. I'm talking to the point where the Maryland people were disgusted. I mean, not upset, Matt. They were disgusted with what they were watching. And who can blame them? That was a... Not a good performance, but to give Nebraska credit for the run that they had to that point of the tournament. They also well, ran a good yeah. team, too. But, yeah, Maryland, Maryland's been so well, up yeah, and down but, this year. I've been yeah. really down on them. But you're talking about Nebraska, for example. I give Timmy a lot of credit because Copeland's out. Then Allen, their guard, out. They're playing with two, two walk-ons in the starting lineup. That's why the Maryland people are like, What? 
Maryland by the uh, Nebraska by the way did win its opening round uh game in the NIT 80 to 76 at Pinnacle Bank Arena last night. They at Pinnacle Bank they're usually really good. Uh really good. And and Belmont's trying to take the lead here on Maryland with uh, 11 minutes to play. So, I mean, that's, that's and again, another heck of a game going on. But that's why these games are like that. These games are like that because, you know, again, you try to draw upon your own experience as to what you're watching and why you're watching it. I'll go back to the first the first NCAA tournament game I ever did. It was 1991. Penn State was playing UCLA. Okay? Penn State won the Atlantic 10 tournament. Penn State felt great about itself. And UCLA, like, looked over. You could just tell in the warm-up, Matt. Remember, UCLA, yeah, 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 yeah. And UCLA had three starters on that team that went to the NBA. You know that? I did not know three that. Three starters. Oh, my goodness. You know, McLean, Matkins. I mean, they, they, had, they had three starters on the team that went to the NBA. And Ed O'Bannon was on that team, except he had hurt his knee and was out for the year, and he was on the bench. And Penn State beat them, beat them by five. Because Penn State is winning, 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 winning to get there. Well, guess what happens when you keep winning over and over again to get there? You've got momentum. You actually think you're good. (laughs) That's why everybody wants, how can this possibly happen in this tournament? You've got to remember, a lot of these teams, some of these teams are really good, haven't lost in weeks. 